And um, a lot of what we do is we play. We just play different instruments. Everybody that's up there uh, is a musician, and uh, we, you know, sing, play. We don't dance. Is the only thing. So we need a dancer, man. So um, the one over here uh, to the right is Adrian Carmona, and he's actually a lead worshiper right now at a Word of Life Christian Center. Uh, right in front of him is his wife Jessica. Jessica, help me. Where's Jessica? What's up, girl? Okay, she helped me. Thank you, Jessica. So that's Jessica, my daughter-in-law. And uh, again, you guys know the handsome man with the vest. <laughs> um, it's open deliberately. It just, it just, it, it is. That vest is open deliberately. Again, that's my wife. That's my wife, Becky. And that's my son, Jose. Jose is 27 years old. He's a professional saxophonist. Um, in 2007, our son, um, very talented, gifted young man. Um, was diagnosed with muscular sclerosis. If anyone knows what that is, it's a crippling disease. It's a real tough thing. And let me tell you something, man. You cannot tell this young man that God does not exist because he stands firm in his faith. He stands firm in what he believes. So uh, Jose is actually married. He has uh, two children, and we'll get to meet those. And then that's my beautiful daughter, Alexis. Uh, Alexis is uh, my girl. She is my boo. <laughs> and uh, so together we get to just do worship together and uh, we'd love to come out here sometime and uh, get to do some stuff so if you guys uh, um, ever look up on uh, Los Carmonas um, on uh, Facebook or uh, YouTube you'll see some of our videos and some of the stuff that we get to do there but let's go on to the next uh, slide if we can that's uh, Rebecca over there that's uh, my son's uh, the saxophonist that's his wife she's a, a civil engineer and um, she is from Mexico. Anybody here from Mexico? All right, let's move on. All right. <laughs> so she, she's from Mexico. Uh, came over to the country six years ago, not speaking any English at all. And right now she is tearing it up here in the United States. Uh, so she works for a, a, an amazing firm out in New Jersey, and she's doing amazing things. And if you see her, she's actually a translator now at Word of Life Christian Center, and she's also a speaker. So she's amazing. The guy next to us in the camouflage, um, he's our Mexican sniper. Um, they haven't made a movie yet, but they will. Um, and so that's uh, Hector. And, and Hector is uh, now 18, uh, I'm sorry, 19 years old, and we adopted Hector. He's our son, and he's an amazing young man. He has overcome and endured so much adversity, lost his biological father. Then my parents had adopted him, and my parents passed away after they um, adopted him. So I ended up, it was almost like, you know, it was like inheritance, you know? But, but it, was, it was okay. It was cool because we love Hector. Hector. Hector also is active in church. He serves in church uh, as one of our sound guys over there. But um, he enlisted in the military. How many are grateful for that? Woo! So he doesn't know that I'm showing that picture right there because I said it shows your valor. You see in there? Yeah. So, so anyway, so that's Hector. And uh, we're grateful for Hector. Uh, let's go to the next one and I'm going to talk about my grandkids and then we're going to get this. Now, no, seriously, you guys got it. Seriously, because I want you to understand the power of Jesus Christ in your family. This is our first and eldest grandson. 
Um, his name is Adrian. And Adrian left Jesus a few years ago. Just walked away. He wanted nothing to do with Jesus. And um, had disciplinary problems. And um, so you see him over there. I gave him an option. And he chose the corner instead of following instructions. So there's Adrian over there. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, again, that's when he rebelled. Again, he rebelled against Jesus. And you see what he did? Now he let his hair grow um, over there. He kind of took advantage of um, uh, some of the stuff that was going on as they um, uh, gave rights to uh, being able to smoke uh, marijuana legally. And, and so, so over, over here you see him with his mustache and he let that grow in as a, after he started using steroids and stuff. And so, so we sent him to a rehab camp over there where... Um, that's, he's over there at this camp, a pumpkin camp there, and um, that's where he got his rehab, and over here is what happened after he met Jesus Christ and accepted him again as his Lord and Savior. Next one. That's Levi. Levi is actually the one kid in every class that reminds the professor that he forgot to give out an assignment. You know that one kid? You just want to punch him right in the face, right? But that's, that's Levi. And Levi is, a, he's bo- again, hey, man, nothing against Mormons, but he's borderline Mormon. Um, uh, I love Levi. If you see him over there, he's the studious one. He got a gift card. Listen, he got a gift card for his birthday, and he is putting the gift card aside, and he's reading through the postcard. Who does that? <laughs> so, uh, that's, 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 he's a great kid. Let's go to the next one. That's Levi. And then, oh, man, Nemo. What can I tell you about Nemo? Please help me pray for Nemo. Help me pray for Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a, he's just a rebel. Uh, from the moment he was born, I mean, look at his face. So that's Nehemiah there. And, um, you know, oh, he doesn't follow instructions. That's what you do with, is that what you do with crowns? So um, he took a gig at J.P. Morgan also, so he's doing that part-time. And, um, and again, he accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, and he got his life together. So that's Nehemiah. We call him Nemo for short. And then we have the next one. This is Jaden. Jaden is, is, is usually drunk on milk. <laughs> I just usually, yeah, he's just... Just drunk on milk. He's the thug of the family. Every everybody has a thug in the family. He's our thug. And um, yeah, so that's that's Jaden um, over there. You see how he had too much to drink. <laughs> Way too much to drink. Um, and uh, over there, that was after a successful carjacking. Um, so anyway, so he's accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and, and he's been redeemed. And then last but not least, uh, my princess. This is Jaylen. Um, Jaylen is amazing. She's beautiful. She looks just like her granddaddy. Um, <laughs> And uh, she's beautiful. I asked, how old is she, honey? She's five months. She's, she's five months old. And, and, and again, she's beautiful. We are so happy with our granddaughter. So my wife, Becky, and I have been married for 27 years. All right, I don't know what you're clapping about because you didn't work. <laughs> so 27 years, my wife and I have been married. And uh, we... 
We got married uh, very young. As you can see, I have five grandchildren. All of those, those are my grandchildren. So we got married very young. Um, got married as a result of teen pregnancy. Um, I wasn't pregnant, she was. So uh, my, my wife um, got pregnant with my help, of course. And, and I was a young kid, man. I was 17, year, 17 years old. And, you know, uh, as a young kid, I was a pastor's son. Any PKs here? PKs? No PKs? Just, just a drummer. <laughs> Ask him if he wanted to play the drums. They made him. Oh, you better run, boy. So, <laughs> so, as a, so as a as a PK, as as a PK, when I told my father that my my girlfriend was pregnant, um, after he punched me in the face a couple times, uh, no, he didn't. He loved on me. He loved on me. Um, he said, "You're going to do the right thing. We're we're going to do the right thing. The right thing." At 17 years old, he got me married. <laughs> And uh, we, yeah, uh, uh, uh. at 17 years old, can you imagine yourself married at your age? We were married at 17. My wife was 16 years old, 16. And I remember telling my wife because I was so freaked out, man, about, you know, having to deal with, 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 with the child and having to deal with um, a, a, a butt whooping at the house. Uh, I told my wife, you really need to have an abortion. You got to get rid of this. You got to get rid of the kid. You got to do it. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. And I remember my wife took a stand. She was my girlfriend at the time, very tenacious. And she said, with you or without you, I'm going to raise this child. And um, it was the best decision we ever made. So can you give her a hand for That son that we would have aborted is a son right now that does full-time ministry all around the world. And he ministers to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Uh, again, go up on YouTube, check him out. Some of the stuff that he does around the world. Um, he's an amazing young man. And, um, and the reason I want to brag about these guys and the family and on and on, it's because worship has been a very important component about, of, our, of our life. And so I can, I can kind of get, this is my time, right? This is my time. I could do whatever I want. This is my time. Okay. <laughs> Hesitated. Like, oh. <laughs> so listen. So I, can I share some things about worship? And um, if, if, if you don't mind, just wanted to share a couple things about worship. And how, can you hear me? Can everybody hear me okay? So I want to share some things about worship with you if that's, if that's okay. And then listen, after uh, our time here, if you have any questions or you would like to know more about some of the stuff that we do or you want us to pray with you, just listen, we, we love people. We love, love young adults and we love spending time with you. Um, and it's great because all of your family, your parents are so happy that you're out of the house. Anyway. So I, I, I want to I talk to you under the topic today, love expressed love expressed love expressed uh, so thank you quickly to the InterVarsity Christian Fellowship Committee I want to thank everybody uh, they're all here uh, yeah well the leadership team yeah yeah, yeah that's what I meant except, right? for our except for the president <laughs> except for the president he's a uh, <laughs> huh he's a uh, okay but, but, but thank you but hey, if, if you're part of the leadership here could you stand to your feet real quick I'm going to call you out. Yeah, yeah, there you go. 
I really appreciate that you guys are doing this. Way to go, whoever picked a Friday to do this. Excellent day. Great, great, great. So that's a good beard, man. That's a cool beard. Cool beard. Cool beard. It's just a bit of a beard hubris here. So um, we sang, there was a song that you guys sang. The la I think it was the last song that you guys sang. There was a line in there that said, Everlasting love has one. Everlasting love has one. So I want to talk to you tonight and I want to leave you with just one simple thing. And the, the one and only thing that I want to leave you with tonight is that worship is love expressed. Worship is love expressed. Worship by definition is a feast in my expression, a sacrifice. It's David. Daniel, it was a D. I know there was an N. But he was expressing his worship. It's a sacrifice in our approach that's done as a response of our freedom from bondage of sin through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. So without Jesus, you and I would still be captive to sin. We would have no hope to be in res uh, rescued or ransomed. And um, so when we give our lives to Jesus, something supernatural happens to all of us. And that is that we are now uh, rescued. We are ransomed. So when I give my life to Jesus, not only does he become the penalty for our sin, but he also becomes the ransom. There's a pretty cool word that's out there in the Bible. I'm sure you guys use it all the time. And you can find that word in 1 John chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 2. And it talks, about, it talks about propitiation. Have you ever heard that word before? Yes? Yes? You know what that is? Anybody? Huh? Payment? It's at, you're very close. Very close. Who said that? Who said that? Good. Oh, well, you guys seriously? <laughs> cool. Yeah, so it is, it, it is, but not just payment, but the, Bible's, the Bible calls it the perfect sacrifice. So remember that word, propitiation, is a very important word because that's exactly what Jesus Christ is. He was the perfect sacrifice that satisfied the requirement. All right. So, uh, so what did so what Jesus did on the cross was all that was needed to be done for you and for me. There is nothing more that we need to do. It was done at the cross. Somebody say at the cross. At the cross. So while Jesus, now listen to this. So I, I say that Jesus was was the response of, I mean, how can I put this so that it all kind of makes sense as I try to just go over this real quick. Jesus is the response of the Father's love for his sons and daughters. Jesus is the response for the Father's love. How many know that we serve more than just a God who is far distant? We serve an up and close and personal Father. He is our Father. He is our Father. I don't know what your status is with your particular dad, but I want you to know that we serve an excellent Father. Someone can say amen to that. Amen. I, I, think, I think we serve an excellent Father. Now, I, I say this, that see, Jesus was the embodiment, all right? He was the embodiment 
of fathers of our father's love. So God demonstrated his love for his sons and daughters in that he sends his son, Jesus Christ, here on earth to do what? John 3.16. Does anyone know that? Come on. What is it? Come on. Quickly. So who loved? Who loved? And what did he love? No, he loved white people. Everybody. Huh? He loved blacks. Latinos. <laughs> the Bible says that he loved the world. And he loved the world in such a way that he did what? He gave us his son, Jesus. Now, this is, this is real important because how this relates to worship is so important. Jesus is God's expressed worship for his sons and daughters. Jesus is the father's adoration for his sons and daughters on earth. I show you the pictures of my children because I love my children. I adore my children. I love that woman back there. I, I, I love that lady. Why are you laughing? <laughs> How offensive that is. They're like, I love my wife. <laughs> no, I really do. I, I, I love her. I love her. She's asleep. Okay, so, no, I always love her. I always love her. But, but listen. Seriously? <laughs> so, so, so check this out. Jesus is the Father's adoration. Jesus is the embodiment of adoration for us. So God, as a father, adores his children, and he does so much, he loves us so much, that he sends his son, Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. Where is he? With us. So the father's expressive adoration is manifested in Jesus Christ. Uh, David, when we're time to done, just, just, just kind of snap your head, just, just, just do this, and we'll stop. You sure? You good? Okay. Dude, don't be such a nerd, man. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah. There we go. Right. Got you. Come on, bro. Come on, you should see this dude dancing salsa. Amazing. So listen, so I can wrap this up. So as Jesus was the Father's worship and adoration, Jesus is the Father's adoration for all of us here on earth. Now God expects us as sons and daughters to become that worship and that adoration to the Father. Often worship tends to be relegated to just music and singing and an expressive dance. And nothing could be further from the truth when we just confine worship to that expression. Yeah, we utilize music and dance and painting and uh, there's just a lot of forms of worship. But you can't confine worship to just music or songs. Now, I said that, that worship is love expressed. Say, worship, worship. Is, love expressed. is love expressed. Now, I want to give you an example. I love the woman back there, right? Right? Yes. And, and I think I've made that clear. 
Man, I'm trying to set things up for tonight, guys. <laughs> so I love my wife. And the way that I express my love to her is worship. Okay? The, the, stop it, guys. Get it together. <laughs> so give me a quick second here. So I don't sing to her all the time, but <laughs> I don't play guitar to her. I don't clap my hands to her. I don't wait for her to come into the room and I'm raising my hands and I'm jumping and because oh, I worship and I love you. That's not what I do. I honor her in the way that I live. So everything I do adds value to honoring her because I adore her. I love that magnificent beauty of a Latina woman that she is. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, verses 1, I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible. This is the commandment. Rules and regulation that God, your God, commanded me to teach you to live out. Somebody say, live out. Live out in the land you're about to cross into possess. This so that you'll live in deep reverence. Somebody say deep reverence. Deep reverence. Before God lifelong. Observing all of his rules and regulations that I'm commanding you. You and your children and your grandchildren. Listen. I teach my children to have an honor, a reverence, and a love towards God to express it so that they in turn can also teach it to their children. Are you following me? Now listen obediently in verse 3. Listen obediently, Israel. Do what you're told so that you'll have a good life. College is great, but college isn't going to guarantee you a good life. Doing what God is asking you to do can guarantee you that life is going to be good to you. No one says amen to that. Seriously? Yeah, that's, 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 that's good. Now listen to this. Verse 4. Attention is real. God, or God our God. God the one and only. Love God your God with some part of your heart. With what? Oh. With all your heart. Love him with all that is in you. Love him with all that you've got. Write these commandments that I have given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you. And then after they're inside of you, get them inside of your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home, walking in the street. Talk about them from time to time. Not from time to time. From the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Tie them onto your hands and your forehead as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorpost of your homes. And on your city gates, when God, your God, ushers you into this land, he promised through your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you, you're going to walk into large, bustling cities that you did not build, well-furnished houses that you did not buy, come upon wells that you did not dig, vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. When you take it all in and settle down, please and content, verse 12, make sure, repeat that, make sure. That you don't forget how you got there. And you're all on a journey. Some of you are seniors. Any seniors here? Way to go. Way to go. Good job. Good job. Good job. Um, if this is your first year, first year, 
want to call them freshmen. Stop that. It's not first year. Cool. Cool. Guys, take their money. <laughs> You're on a journey. It's, it's an ongoing journey. And along the way, you're going to learn some stuff. You're going to experience some stuff. But it's all going to contribute to this journey, this journey called life. But along the way, God is asking us as sons and daughters to never forget. To make sure that you don't forget how you got to where you are. And I know that some of you are struggling with some things or wrestling with some things. And it's going to be okay. You're going to, you're going to be all right. Um, but along the way, he wants you not to forget how you got there. So what we find here is a call or a charge to love God above all things with all of our things. Again, worship. Somebody say worship. Worship. Is love expressed. Love expressed. All right. So. You were created to love God. All right, as I wrap this up, you were created to love God and your expression of that love you have to him is called worship. That expression that you have is called worship. Now, unlike angels, you weren't created exclusively to worship God. Angels, on the other hand, they were created exclusively to worship Okay, to worship, to constantly worship while being in his presence. In a vision that the prophet Isaiah had, he said that he saw an angel and the angel said, holy, holy. holy. That's all he said was holy. He didn't add anything to the holy. He was just saying, holy, holy, holy. See, angels don't love God by choice. Can I say that again? Angels don't love God by choice, like we do. So in turn, they can't worship the way that we worship. You were created with the choice to love God so that in turn, your worship isn't like that of the angels. The devil targeted, can, can we say devil here? Is that, is that allowed? <laughs> sure. All right, because I read some of the stuff that you sent me. Like, don't say this. Don't say that. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't do that. Got you. But the devil targeted the angels' worship while they were in heaven. And he was able to sway a third of the angels. But the devil targets our love, not our worship. And see, we have such an emphasis on worship and we, we, we don't emphasize the love component. And I want you to know that the, what devil attacks is actually your love, not your worship. This is why I was a worship leader in the church, worship leader in the church while being married with my wife. And we hated each other. We had a horrible relationship. The first 12 years of our marriage was a living hell. Can I say that one too? No? Yeah. You sure I really threw it out there? It's like, oh, dude, man, <laughs> two for two. So <laughs> we, had a hard, we had a horrible relationship. And that's, what, that's because I was worshiping, but I wasn't loving. Are, are you getting that? Are, are you understanding that? 
And many of us do that. We'll come to church and we're raising our hands. We love you, Lord. We love you. Hi, Father. But we don't genuinely love each other. We don't love our brother. We don't love our sister. We don't love our parents. We just don't love. We don't. We don't love humanity. In the wilderness, I want you to know that Satan attacked Jesus' love. He said this. If you will bow down and you worship me, if you bow down and worship me. Now, he was not interested in Jesus' worship. He was interested in how Jesus was going to worship. He wanted him to bow. Bowing is a sign of honor. That's why Satan targets the communion between you and your father, God. That's what he targets. Why? Because if that's targeted and that's interrupted, then he's got your love. You don't love God. And when you don't love God, there's a mess in your life. You know, you don't find anything about music or song or singing in Eden. Look for it. All you find is a constant relationship between the father, Adam, and Eve. What's up, man? How you doing, bro? You doing good? You doing good? I'll see you over there, Keller. All right. So, in Eden, there's no singing. There's just communication. And you know who's initiating the conversation? The father. He's asking all the questions. He's talking to Adam and Eve the whole time. But then something happened. Adam and Eve broke their communion. They sinned. When they sinned, the Bible says that God asked, Adam, where are you? Did anybody ever read that before? Yeah, you guys read the Bible. So, so, so God is asking a question. Where are you? And they responded, we heard the sound of you. We heard the sound of you and we were afraid because we were naked and we hid. When the communion is broken because of sin, the presence of God conveys fear. And constant separation, judgment and wrath. How many know that there is something called grace? There is a love, there is a forgiveness, there is mercy. However, we run when we break our communion. Now, listen to this. In Proverbs chapter 4, 23, the Bible says, Watch over or guard, somebody say guard. Guard. Your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. How much time I have, Pete? Uh, Pete, uh, sorry. David, how much time? Are you keeping up time? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Oh. <laughs> right. You're still rambling. Look, look at it. See, I'm telling you, I think you have uh, about 10 minutes, sir. He's <laughs> so, so listen, listen, listen to this. It says the guard, you are what? Above all things. What flows from your heart? The Bible says in another version of the Bible, in uh, Proverbs 4.23, it says that the issues of life flow from your heart. Whatever's happened around you in your environment, in your life, listen, you know, 
chances are it's, it's, there, there are issues that are emanating from your heart. Jesus told Peter, Peter, do you love me? This is what Jesus says after he resurrects. He comes back from the dead. He sees Peter. Peter's out fishing after Jesus told him, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Now, now here is Peter decides that, you know what? I don't care about being a fisher of men. I'm going back to fishing fish. And he's back there fishing. And Peter and, and Jesus are having this conversation. And Jesus is asking him a question. Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? What, does Pe- what, what did Peter say? What, what did he say? Come on, say it out loud, man. Say it, come on. Lord, you know I love you. Say you have a beard, man. Lord, you know I love you. Yeah. <laughs> and then he asked him again, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. What did Jesus say? Shepherd my sheep. Do you know that Jesus never asked Peter, Peter, do you worship me? And he never asked Jesus to work. He never asked Peter to worship. He just said, I want you to shepherd. I want you to know it is impossible to shepherd without love. Are you guys following me? Listen, to shepherd, you're not singing. Now, I'm not anti-singing. Again, this is what we do. This is all I do. What I'm saying is that it isn't necessarily just worship. We need love. Love expressed is worship. So love expressed in all that we do is worship. Love is communicated in worship. What you're communicating to the world and God when you worship is the measure of love that we have for God. From the moment that man was created, he was in instant communication with God. And then something happened. And I just shared that with you. When we sin, God becomes equated with just noise and fear and wrath. So, I know that as you are making this journey, and you're going along this journey, I'm done. I, I want you to think about this. How and where are you expressing your love? So that in turn, that love that you are expressing is worship onto God. So I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes. Where you are. Just close your eyes. Where you are. Because I know that some of us we're away from dad, we're away from mom, we're away from uncle, we're away from places that may be familiar. And as we've gotten away, there are times that we wrestle, especially, you know, I know some of you that are struggling with your faith. I know that college is a very hard time for many of you. Very hard for many of you. Especially uh, those that are taking the uh, world religions. Your faith is going to be challenged. Your walk is going to be challenged. And my encouragement to you this evening on a Friday. Is that your focus, your energy. 
is not necessarily just coming on a Sunday or on a Friday to sing a good old jolly song or something that makes you stomp your feet or clap. But that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you are taking advantage of every opportunity you have to express love. So where you are, I want you to stand. Stand, and we're going to keep our eyes closed, so be careful not to fall over with your eyes closed there. I'm going to pray over you. And as I pray over you, the first thing we're praying about is this. The first thing that we're praying for is that we're loving in the right direction. That we're loving our Father. That we're loving Jesus. Our walk. Jesus was asked, what was the most important commandment? He said, listen, love God with all of your heart. And he said, you know what? There's actually not just one, but there's another one I want to give you. And he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So worship is true love. So Father, in Jesus' name, I know that today is an appointed time for the life of these young men and women who are here as they are in transition, as they are here questioning, some questioning their faith, some even doubting if you exist. Father, I pray that your mercy, your love, touch, reach. In one way or another, I just pray right now that there is breakthrough in their lives. That, Lord, these meetings are more than just a place to get away on a Friday. But that they become an avenue. An avenue to continue to pursue your love. So I pray, O oh Lord, that as they continue their walk and their quest in loving you, Lord, in turn, they feel your love. Father, I pray for anyone that is hurt, anyone that is broken. And I pray in Jesus' name that your healing rests upon them. Right now, in Jesus' name, I just pray right now that the peace that surpasses all understanding rests upon them now. That there is no concern for finances. That there is no concern, Lord, for relationships. Father, I just pray right now that your peace will be sufficient as grace in their life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.